Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Dana Bush is my guest today on Jewelry Navigator Podcast. She enjoyed a professional career as a doctor in clinical health psychology. After completing a master's program in art therapy, she chose to focus on public health and spent her career in medical centers creating programs focusing on lifestyle choices for patients with chronic conditions. While she enjoyed helping her patients with the program she developed, she left the corporate politics and bureaucracy behind to reinvent her purpose through her own jewelry design company, Dana Bush Designs. Borrowing the practice in art exhibits, Dana creates collections and uses descriptive titles for each piece, which are influenced by the colors and patterns in the gems she hand-selects for each piece. Each titled piece is a reflection of the natural landscapes for which they're named. Thanks so much for joining me today. I know you have a choice in podcast and what you listen to. I really appreciate you tuning in this week and hopefully in future weeks and you go back and you listen to prior episodes as well. But thanks so much. I want to welcome you aboard and enjoy the episode. Let's start by having you share your story. But first I'll share how you and I met. And I'm so glad that we did meet because it's so funny when you talked about how you have to make decisions you know, every day when it comes to working your business into your life and um, finding that time and and deciding on what's important. This past summer, I went up to New York, I guess it was in August, I think, yeah, August, and um, went to the New York Now show, the JA show, and then went over to the Metal and Smith show just really briefly. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to stay, but you're one of the artists that I stayed and spoke to because I was just so drawn to the the art appeal of your jewelry. So that was the first time that we met. And then I learned that you were going to be in DC, which is close to, you know, my stomping ground. So I was able to head up the road on a busy Sunday afternoon. And, you know, there again, I think, oh, do I really want to get in the car and fight that traffic? (laughs) But when the moment I made that decision, everything falls into place. Like there, it's like the road opened and there traffic was hardly even even bad so I knew I made the right decision so 
I got up there and then you and I had an, another wonderful visit and I got to spend some more time with your jewelry. So making those decisions at the time seem really um, inconvenient sometimes. Mm-hmm. But once yep, you, you make them, sometimes. <laughs> yes, exactly. looking back on them, you realize that was a really important thing that I did because now I have, now I have this connection and now I have, you know, um, videos and photos that I can share in the story. So anyway, it all kind of builds on itself, but you just have to trust the process and push yourself a little bit. So anyway, let's get to uh, about you and your story and how your jewelry design has become part of your life's process. Exactly. Well, uh, I have a very um, talented mom who uh, is an artist, so I grew up exposed to art and grew up uh, having a tremendous amount of art in school. So it's always been a part of um, my family life and my um, academic life. Uh, I started and uh, pursued a bachelor's in fine art uh, initially, and had I followed my heart that go-around, I would have been a printmaking major because I loved the technical process, which you can see in my current jewelry. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I definitely love meticulousness. I love uh, complexity in things, the abstract nature. Uh, but I chose graphic design, and and that was when they were just introducing computers, and I did a computer training program, and then I was like, graphics isn't for me. And then I started hearing about the field of art therapy um, and decided I was going to pursue graduate work in that area. So I then uh, got a number of hours of clinical work here in uh, Denver to make sure I liked the counseling piece and uh, completed a bachelor's in psych and then started in a master's in art therapy not too far from you in Norfolk, Virginia at uh, the medical school there and uh, again loved the combination of the fine art and working with people which is also a form of art as well Uh, so you know therapy is a very creative process and uh, at the time though art therapy programs were really not preparing people to become licensed so I headed Mm -hmm. back to Colorado and uh, then went on a very different track, uh, pursued graduate work in clinical psychology and kind of at the peak of my career in that arena um, was, you know, I'm a licensed clinical health psychologist, I have my my doctorate degree uh, and my master's in public health and spent my career in uh, medical centers. Uh, doing a combination of clinical work, uh, but also designing research studies, which was a very creative process. And uh, my skills as an artist really served me well there and uh, teaching and training residents and really working with people on lifestyle choices who had chronic conditions. Uh, But ultimately, I got burned out on the politics and the bureaucracy of that and uh, walked away from that field, which uh, my last position was uh, over in Australia. So I came back to Colorado and had my own uh, kind of crisis of, you know, walking away from uh, a number of years of moving in education and great opportunities and 
fabulous positions um, to kind of recreate myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had bought some materials, some beads, and I started making you making little things. And, you know, it really just grew very slowly and very organically. Uh, I've never taken a single uh, class in jewelry. Uh, so everything that I've done is really just been through, I think, having an art background and knowing that the medium of jewelry really works with my strengths as an artist, which is really around uh, composition. I consider myself really a sculpturist where I'm using gemstones and metals to really make miniature sculptures that people wear instead of, you know, set in their living room. And I've always really been careful to be thoughtful about how I market and talk about my work, which is really as art as opposed to an accessory. And so over time, it just uh, started to grow, and I started to kind of embrace this is um, what I was doing with my life. And I had customers who, you know, weren't friends and family who were, you know, in so many words, invested in making me feel good. And (laughs) at the time, my folks were living full-time in Santa Fe, which is a very sophisticated artisan world. And my mom had a fabulous space that she created in that was in the heart of the gallery district. So I started going down and taking advantage of uh, all of the wonderful art events and the tourists that travel there, which are very art-minded, savvy people, and would do shows out of her studio. And, you know, she would make homemade cookies and have the Wall Street Journal for the husbands who didn't want to be there and sit on her little couch uh, because her studio was really actually – a little one-bedroom house. So, you know, it had a kitchen. It had a beautiful little garden. Um, and so, you know, that led to, again, a bigger a bigger client base and then a gallery down there uh, that we were already friends with, uh, Medi- the Mark and Kathleen Sublet that own Medicine Main Gallery. And Kathleen wanted to see my stuff. She saw my signs and she came in. And she loved it, and she bought a bunch of pieces for herself and started wearing them, and all of her clients uh, wanted to buy my jewelry. So we thought, well, let's try this, uh, because you wouldn't necessarily picture my work in their gallery. They are one of the top Western art galleries in the country. Uh, They're able to employ 11 full-time people in Tucson, Arizona. And so they're mostly um, uh, contemporary Western uh, painters, sculptors, but uh, they have the largest uh, collection of Maynard Dixon. He's one of the most influential deceased Western artists to date. Uh, they have the largest collection of his works. And then they um, have a large area of old, beautiful Native American rugs and pottery and jewelry. Mm-hmm. But we share the same client base. We share a client base that appreciates art, um, wants, uh, you know, one-of-a-kind things, uh, values the, um, the whole aesthetic, and has a disposable income. So I've now been designing uh, collections for them going on seven years, and I go down anywhere from, you know, two to three times a year and take a new collection and do an event and 
Uh, over the last handful of years now, I've also kind of expanded that concept of my work as art. So the collection is titled, but each piece is titled. And, um, you know, as far as how I come up with that, you know, some of it, so one of my first collections I did for them was Winter Desert. Obviously, they're in the desert and in Tucson. And um, so that was a fit. And the, you know, the pieces and the, the unusual stones that I use, there's so much about the, the color and the composition and pattern that just really mimics the desert. So, uh, so the pieces are each titled and they really tie in the beautiful uh, materials that I'm using with whatever that theme is. And, uh, and oftentimes, too, there's a what I will call spiritual slash metaphysical piece to the titles of my work. I've been really fortunate to have done a lot of travel and continue to do so. And a lot of it is spiritually based. I have a deep fascination in ancient cultures around the world and how they were able to have um, such a level of sophistication during Mm -hmm. that time to, you know, build the pyramids or, you know, how did they lug the stones from Stonehenge to the middle of this field in the middle of nowhere. And so I, uh, as much as I'm a scientist, and I, and I have a respect for all that and all the years I was a researcher. I also, um, you know, have an interest and to a certain degree of belief in really this, you know, you know, what is this larger source that, you know, we're connected to and, and, you know, how did it maybe have a play in some of these things that are hard to like wrap your head around mm-hmm. um, about, you know, times we really don't know a lot about. So, um, so that's, that's, uh, I guess I've just, hopefully in a very long-winded way, you know, answered somewhat of what you had asked me. <laughs> you did. Absolutely. You went from, <laughs> and this is exactly what I wanted you to share because I love yeah. being able to share to listeners and whether they're trade related in the jewelry industry or whether they're complete outsiders and they're just curious to know what jewelry navigator is all about, but to share with people how, how valuable it is when they come to a time in their life, if they feel like, I don't want to do this anymore, or they're getting ready to retire or they're Mm -hmm. really considering uh, pivoting into a new direction that it's very doable and your, your life, the way it flowed each time is like, you know, the river came to a fork and it just made a way. So when you decided to take this, to make that drastic decision and completely leave that your career, which sounds like it was, um, it was very successful, but you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't right for you anymore. So you Uh made that, you made that really important choice and not knowing what was going to come next, what the next step was going to be, but you just, trusted you knew that you had to do something different so then the next thing that was revealed were your connections in Santa Fe and it just kind of unwound and having that faith and just knowing that you 
there's no other option. You can't go back to the other way. There's something else. Mm-hmm. So yes. hearing hearing your story is really inspirational for anybody who's at that place, whether they want to start or they're in the middle. It's really encouraging to hear. So thank you for sharing well, so much about oh, that. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it is, it's a, it's a journey and uh, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to do what you've always been doing, even if you're miserable um, or you're not satisfied, than to <clears throat> kind of jump into the unknown, even if it's something you're very excited about. And it's, you know, that's another crossroad that I think is, um, is you know, understandably hard for people. And that's why we end up in repetitive patterns in our life. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, lucky for you, had you had all of that, you had all that therapy training and education. Yeah. So you you were you could be your own therapist and say, "All right, Dana, it's time. To, yeah. It's time to do this." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm so glad I can share your story so that you can possibly be that for someone else. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. On your, just a side note, on your website, I'm on your website and I'm looking at your beautiful earrings. Where oh. are the, where are the titles? Do I go to the jewelry gallery to find the main collection? So my website is going through revision uh, and so most likely you will not see on my old website, which is the one visible, those particular titles, um, but how the new collection, it, the new website will be is you will go in to the jewelry gallery and there will be, uh, it'll be searchable in a couple different ways. So you can go into specific collections. Um, mm-hmm. But for example, if you were going to go into like the earring category, each piece will be set up um, like you're seeing it right now, Brenna, where it will have, um, in addition to the description of all the stones, and for example, on my current website where it talks about the length of like an earring, it's from the very top of the wire to the base, and then the limited edition, the title will also be there. And so um, it's part of that, as you know, as we talked about earlier the solopreneur and mm-hmm. but currently on uh so i do have a whole page on the medicine man gallery's website and they have the um the title of the piece along with uh the you know the the earring or the necklace and so they have it separated uh like that with the titles and certainly I provide all that with uh, with a piece when I sell it to individuals, and it's really that's another piece of kind of the the transition and progression with even uh, my own collection because I do sell obviously off my website and directly. And when I first started, even though I was describing my pieces as artwork, uh, I really didn't have the titles. And then as I continued to have this wonderful relationship with Medicine Man, that's when I was like, okay, 
I'm going to take this a step further and really uh, continue to be in that genre of art, which, you know, you go to an art gallery and, and that's really what happens is a show is titled and artists are titling their pieces and there's the concept behind it. And so that's been part of this continued uh, progression with doing that. And so now with the, with my revamping and the changes with my new website, it will continue to market that forward. And, uh, and kind of related, a, a, um, a, I will call this a cul-de-sac off of what we're talking about. Is, <laughs> okay. you know, the, there we go. Is the, is the, you know, the beauty in designing one of a kind, which is predominantly what I do, uh, which again goes back to looking at the jewelry as sculptural fine art, is uh, number one, it allows me tremendous freedom and flexibility. I don't have to, when I go sourcing materials, worry about replication of multiple items. Uh, I can really just gravitate towards whatever I think is beautiful, which is really what I do. I don't follow trends. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't look to see, you know, what's the earring style, what's the color this year, what's the, I just make what I think is, is beautiful with my materials. And what it also allows me to do is it allows me to have a very collaborative relationship uh, with stores. So, for example, with Medicine Man, um, if someone wants one of their pieces, they have to go and purchase it from them. And they, I do actually, uh, although not all the pieces are, are in there right now, I do have... Uh, there are items on my website, and the way, <laughs> if the navigation is still working the way it's supposed to, uh, does take you, if you're interested in a, in a piece of theirs that's on my website, it takes you to their website. And, you know, funny enough, when they uh, had their full-time space in Santa Fe, uh, they would have my jewelry, and of course, I'd be doing a show at my mom's little studio, which was just a handful of doors down and you'd have to literally walk past their gallery to get to my mom's studio. And we would shuffle customers back and forth. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, well, you know, you need to stop in Medicine Man and see the necklaces they have or the earrings. So um, that's the other thing that uh, I love about kind of the the concept and the way that I work too is is that that relationship piece is very important to me, whether it's with uh, who's representing me or who's buying my work is mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's, it's reciprocal and it's supportive and uh, it's mutually beneficial, so. Yes, yeah. That's wonderful because that's, I think that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward and evolve with this new way of business from uh-huh. whether you have an online connection or not as a yes. small business, it's really going to be the only way by linking arms collaboratively and through mutual support. So um, that's so fabulous that you found somebody who's on your same wavelength and who really appreciates your jewelry as art. And I found yes. where you are in um, Medicine Man Gallery. And for those of you yes. listening, it's medicinemangallery.com and the the titles are just beautiful, and I realize they're um, they're reflective 
of the Southwest. Is that right? Mm-hmm. For instance, like yes. Antelope Canyon adorned in nature's gift wrap are these unbelievably gorgeous agate earrings with complementary gem beads. And it, it, it's exactly, if you closed your eyes, that's exactly what you would see in your, in your mind's eye. Ex- yes, exactly. So, um, it's, uh, yes, so that, that, that is a good example. And there probably are some, I know there are a couple pieces from the Hawaii collection too. So Mark and Kathleen uh, are, are, love Hawaii like I do, and, and especially kind of the, the history and the spiritual nature. And so I want to say there's one in there that I think titled Kilauea Speaks. And, um, oh, nice. So, yeah, so it's uh, in terms of, you know, my, uh, how I kind of come up with uh, themes and titles. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did, well, I guess it was maybe just last year. My mother and I had done a wonderful trip to Spain, and one of the collections I took to them was called A Sojourn Through Spain. And, you know, you've got so much inspiration there um, with, you know, the history and the colors and some of the, you know, famous artists and architects and culture. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, I have lots of, of inspiration. And then I, you know, I go to my materials. And in terms of, again, that creativity, I know, Brenna, you and I had talked about, um, you know, how I, how I kind of come up with my design. So I think one of the things that is very unique about my design process is I do not do any sketching. I think most designers, and maybe it's perhaps because I'm all doing all intricate wire work, I don't mm-hmm. sit and, uh, my sketching comes after the fact. So I will start with whatever my central stone is, you know, and that would be on the earrings, like the large drop. I mean, what I'm mostly known for, at least what I consider my hallmark style, is a central drop, and then I do these very intricate clusters of smaller precious and semi-precious stones. And so I will start with the central drop. I'll determine uh, what, you know, for example, a pair of earrings, which, what ear wire I think complements that. And then I will uh, attach that stone with a very fine link chain to the ear wire. And then I go over to my palette of stones and I have close to 3,000 different small clear containers of small gemstones and it's all organized on my shelf by color, size, and type. So what I then do is I start to just grab containers and create a palette of stones that I feel have the potential to make a complementary cluster that uh, works with the central stone. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's based on a variety of factors, obviously color, um, size, shape, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, opaque or it's clear, is it faceted, is it smooth? And uh, all of those little gemstones are wired to the chain with little pinheads. And mm-hmm. so I start to uh, put a handful of these small stones on pinheads and I bend them and and I start to literally just hang them. So I will have the earring or the pendant or whatever it is suspended so I can work with both my hands. 
And then mm-hmm. I just start to hang the small stones onto the link chain. And sometimes, you know, I'm hanging a stone off of a stone to push the design in a certain direction. And that's how I, that is how I sketch. So I kind of do this dance until I get the design aesthetic that I think is what I want. And mm-hmm. then I carefully take those stones off and that's when I do my drawing. Like I have, you know, there's eight links of chain and coming off of this link on this side is this stone and maybe hanging off the left side of that stone is this stone. So I do a detailed sketch and then mm-hmm. I will hand pick every small stone because even though to a lot of people they all look the same, they're not because they're all hand cut and they're all, you know, real materials. And so they're going to vary to a certain degree in their, in their size, in their uniformity, in their coloring. And so every stone that goes on there needs to be picked and it needs to be mm-hmm. paired. And then mm-hmm. when it gets wired onto the earring, it's wired in a mirrored fashion between the two, the two pieces. Um, so I get all the little stones, you know, gathered and then I um, get them all wired up and then I, I create the piece. And so that's where I have that sketch. And then I have, you know, a photograph of the piece and I know, you know, every stone that's in it um, and where it came from. And so I have had clients who, for example, have lost an earring and, um, I can go back to the sketch and if I have the materials, I can, you know, I have them send the one because I want it mirrored so I know which, <laughs> which way I'm swirling the stones. Uh-huh. Uh, I also have a section called Past Works on my website and I always say to people, you know, go in there. You may see something in there you love and you can say, gosh, can you, can you recreate this? Um, or I sometimes say to people as well, uh, you know, you may love, for example, this necklace and you love that chain, but you wear different colored stones. You know, mm-hmm. I, can, mm-hmm. I can be really flexible. I can work with people. So I try and expand my clients' creativity as well, even when they're looking at my work. So that, you know, if there's something that they like, but there's something that um, I can recreate a little differently. Uh, I have clients that still don't have pierced ears, so I've made clip earrings. Uh, so there's, you know, there's lots of ways to be kind of creative uh, with people um, in doing, you know, custom custom work. So I was just going to say, as as I'm looking at some of your earrings, what a wonderful pair, what a wonderful match for someone who wants to custom design jewelry specifically for a special occasion, uh-huh. a dress, um, you know, bridesmaid's dresses, a mother of the bride dress, or, you know, a special, really special occasion like a, um, like a ball, a formal ball or a big corporate event that you're going to a yes. party where you have a very special dress, gown, outfit that you want to you really want to accent everything needs to be pulled together just right. I could so see someone reaching out to you saying, this is the effect that I want. Uh Let's work together and, and 
pull together some really beautiful pieces for me to wear to this event. That What a great tool to be able to use. Yes, and I, I actually I've had several scenarios like that. And, you know, and it, and it certainly is possible to do that with someone even if they don't live in the same state as I do. So a lot of times it will also start with, uh, so I'm looking for, I want a green, you know, a green drop for an earring. So I will send images of, you know, what I have and so they can see the size and proportion. I've also sent loose stones so people can, mm. you know, select that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we discuss length, we discuss metal type, we discuss, you know, the, you know, the small stones. So I have, um, I have done exactly, exactly that where, there's that process of them collaborating with selecting aspects of the materials and the stones and, and all of that. And I also uh, have created pieces that do require, you know, a metalsmith, a goldsmith. I've got a phenomenal gentleman who has the highest designation of classification in Colorado. And mm-hmm. so I have had... Um, you know, pieces where I've, I've needed something set or someone's come to me with jewelry they want to repurpose and we go through a creative process. So um, I, you know, I can really do that as well in terms of just, you know, that, you know, depending on what the design requires and needs or what the, you know, what the piece is. So uh, I do have a, a fabulous person if I need those skills brought uh, brought to the table. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Good. That's great. Um, it's funny as we're talking about this m- next week's guest, um, and I'm not going to spoil for everybody, but she and I discussed, <laughs> <laughs> she and I discussed um, what the term bespoke means. I had never heard of that term for design until maybe a few years ago, five years ago. And everyone's using it, yeah. And it really is more specific than what people think it is. It it means to be Mm -hmm. spoken for or to speak for an object of creation. And I think it goes a little bit, I guess you could say it really is... um, custom work, but it goes a little bit beyond. Mm -hmm. It's more specific than just customizing a piece of work. It's really like what we're, you and I are talking about, designing around, personalized and um, has a lot of meaning. You know, each aspect of the design and each component is specifically selected to, to, you know, translate what you're trying to do with color and form and texture and things like that. So, um, yeah, that definitely fits within that realm of, of creative, um, creative design specifically with clients. So that's, that's wonderful that you do that. And you even go to the point of sending them. I mean, it's really building a trusting relationship where you're sending them your, (laughs) your stones that you worked really hard to collect and their treasures so that they can actually get a hands on and have more of a connection with the creative process. So that's wonderful that you can, that you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And 
I want to, one thing that you revealed to me in D.C. was this practice that you do of creating past works and then cataloging them. So in the future, if someone wants to duplicate them, you can to the best of your you know, ability with what you have in your inventory. And also, if someone loses one, an earring yep. or a necklace, you can once again duplicate it to the best of your ability. So that's really special that you do that. Absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I'm uh, like, like I shared earlier with uh, my love of printmaking, and I could even say, you know, my love of the research, the whole very uh, exacting in how I do things. And so, yes, yeah, so I do have that meticulousness of you know, the materials, like, so when I, you know, when I shop and get things, and this goes back to what we were just talking about, too, about sending stones, that, you know, you can see something online, and I try really hard to, and I do all my own photography as well, and on my website, I make it so that the pieces, and my new website will be the same way, large, you can really see the detail, which is one of the problems, I think, with online jewelry sites too is you can't see the detail and that's so important but until you really see something in person so when I go to the gem shows I mean I can't even pick out a very basic strand of stones that most people would look at a hank that may have you know 80 strands on it and just say well how are they different I'll be like well they are you know this one's <laughs> a little bigger this one's a little less uniform and so uh, you know, and every vendor I buy from, I, you know, I do a color copy of every strand or every stone and I count every bead and I know which show I bought it at and what year I bought it at and it's got its own file folder and then all my little containers are coded on the bottom too. So all I have to mm -hmm. do is turn the container over and it's like, oh, I bought it from this person and this is, you know, this is the, you know, the price and this is, you know, what it is. And so, um, so it does really help when I need to do something exactly like we've talked about, uh, re, you know, recreate something or someone's lost a pair or someone sees something in past work that they like or someone, you know, loves an earring, but they want, you know, a different, you know, they want it in silver or they want, you know, they want a different chain, then I can go and I can see the wiring of the pattern and all of that. So it's, uh, it works out well. Yes, it does. Um, and as you were describing your process, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're creating a recipe blueprint as you're doing your process, you lay out the stones and then you do the, you do the sketch. So yeah. what a cool process. And it really allows for you to use to the fullest capacity all facilities of your, creati your creativity, whether it's, you know, from an inspiration of a scene that you see wherever you are or where you've traveled. Uh -huh. Like you said, you went to Spain with your mom. It really gives you that freedom to, you know, access those parts of images and memories. Yes. And that's really where jewelry becomes um, like a touchstone, something that's so important because it does, it, it does help us remember people we love and wonderful times that we had together. So 
It just all kind of wraps, mm -hmm, it all just wraps up into just a beautiful package of what jewelry really means. Yes, exactly. And I think too, you know, we're, uh, and we briefly touched on this a a bit, an aspect of it is, uh, you know, I think we're starting to go through a phase where uh, it's a lot of it is about unique and local and small as opposed to, you know, mass produced and big and chains and, uh, and, you know, you're seeing it really in all, in all industries, not just what I would consider aesthetic industries of, you know, jewelry and clothes and whatever you see it. And, you know, we're, we talk about it now in our food economy, you know, why am I getting, you know, raspberries from, you know, New Zealand and when I, <laughs> why am I getting yeah. raspberries from, you know, Colorado and, um, and just, uh, and then also just supporting, supporting your communities. I think a lot of people are also seeing that um, one of the, one of the crises I think we're in is the loss of small industry and unique, uh, unique things where we're really tapping into the, um, the vast, variety and potential of individuals and uh, there's I think a movement to not lose that to not lose independent stores and designers and businesses uh, and um, you know people are tired of these wonderful areas and I you know I am speaking personally because I live in an area that uh, you know grew in its draw and reputation because it was all these wonderful unique you know, stores uh, and independent uh, merchants. And as this area has grown and, you know, uh, developed with developers that care about money, uh, we're, you know, we're losing those stores because even if they own their space, they they just can't afford to stay. And so we're becoming Mm -hmm. high-end chain stores. And what made the area so special is dying away and there's I think a you know a concern uh, in society around that um, and uh, we need to you know do what we can to support you know small independent stores and you know create you know creative people whether that like I said you know goods like jewelry and clothes or it's you know the local produce market or the you know, the local vineyard or what, whatever it is uh, so that we don't, we don't lose that, which is uh, a huge piece, I think, too, of just, um, you know, creating a society that has more depth and more connection on also just an interpersonal and emotional level mm-hmm. uh, and fulfill, fulfillment level, too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, it's changing times out there. It is change in time, but I see, and you might see this as well, um, our oldest daughter, and I see her and her friends cycling and circling back to that. They want to, they would much rather go to a locally owned business than go to Walmart and get a bicycle. So it's really, really refreshing to see. And... um, just so heartwarming to see that, you know, maybe we can make this come back. Maybe we can, 
you know, champion made in the States and made, you know, shop small, support local businesses. I think that that's, we're seeing, just like you said, a revitalization of it. And it, we need to continue to nurture that and um, build it up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think some mm-hmm. of that, you know, comes back to um, when you're, you know, you're thinking about any business you have and, you know, sometimes doing those kinds of things initially is more expensive, but again, what, you know, what's, you know, what's the bigger goal or the bigger purpose or, um, you know, continuing to uh, have small independent places. And it is, it's around, you know, things being made, you know, here in the States and, you know, choosing, uh, you know, how you're going about things and, uh, and then exactly, you know, being as a member of society is really trying to support and nurture that too. So, mm-hmm. and recognizing, mm-hmm. again, that uh, there's, uh, when you're maybe paying more for something, there's a whole bigger piece of what that's doing and supporting and encouraging and growing in your community. So, right, right, exactly, yeah. Well, have a wonderful weekend, and I'll be in touch. I will. You too. Fantastic. <laughs> and and if you need me to send you, um, you know, any more details, or you know, obviously, um, feel free to take any images, or if you need me to send you something, just let me know, and I'll um, I will get that uh, over to you. So, um, okay. yeah, and uh, yeah. have a have a lovely weekend as well. Thanks, Dana. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. I really enjoyed visiting with Dana, and I hope you enjoyed hearing her story. She really is lovely and has so much to bring to her practice of jewelry design through her former career. She's very compassionate and very empathetic, and I think that really shows in her jewelry. You can find Dana's jewelry at Medicine Man Gallery in Tucson as a permanent collection, as well as an event hosted by Medicine Man Gallery. It will be Dana's seventh annual winter trunk show, December 6th through 8th. And you can also find that on medicineman.com, the gallery, I'm sorry, it's medicinemangallery.com. And then her website is danabushdesigns.com. Be sure to subscribe to her email list because you'll be included in future shows, announcements and shows. So be sure to subscribe to that and she'll keep you updated on where she's going to be in the future. You can also subscribe to Jewelry Navigator Passport, which is my newsletter where I announce upcoming podcasts, as well as some surprises that I have coming in the near future. So thanks so much for joining me today. And until next time, cross check your sparkle. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.